right back to it. Bitsy and Hart on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. We out there playing the seven degrees today. We we a family. And so when they come when they come back uh, like that, we expect it. We expect it. And then they expect us to get get the ball back and uh hold hold the opposing offense. So uh, we have expectancy for each other, and we hold each other to a higher standard than everybody else will. Patriots defensive end and linebacker and lone Pro Bowl representative Matthew Judon, who joined us yesterday on a Patriots Monday. If you missed any of the interviews from Patriots Monday, of course, you can subscribe to the Daypart podcast here at WEI. You can go to WEI.com. Or download the Odyssey app, use the Rewind feature, and catch all of your favorite segments. And hey, we were having our discussion on the Patriots possibly making the playoffs. The fans would like to weigh in, probably giving them a new avenue or form for their frustrations. We got Harry in Quincy. He actually is on my side Tell of the street. Harry! What's up, Harry? Hey, How are you? Fitzy, I like to say... We, we become the team. Oh, and if Buffalo doesn't have to win that game, and you know what I mean, you know, chasing the playoffs. But this is the playoff format, the way things are, the half the league. And another quick thing, Fitzy, and, you know, I remember we used to scream for uh, Tony Eason when Steve Grogan was in. Mm-hmm. We screamed for Grogan when Eason was in. This zappy, zappy chant. This a new era of the kids all getting the uh, – Trophy, what's going on here? And I hang up and listen to you guys. Have a happy new year. Thank you very much, uh, Harry. Is the is Grogan and Eason, is that the forerunner to Zappy and Mac? Are we in the new age of Grogan and Eason, Andy? Well, yes, and I would say the singular reason for that is the lack of faith in the franchise quarterback. You didn't hear calls for the backup when Drew or Tom were the quarterback because everybody knew they were the franchise quarterback. There was no question. Now, a year into his tenure, after he was supposedly the franchise quarterback, people have their doubts. And I've always believed that, that the chance for Zappi really have nothing to do with Zappi. They have everything to do with how people feel about Mac. If you, even if he's playing poorly, if you're all in on Mac, you want him to get reps and experience and chances. And this is a learnable, you know, moment, teachable moment, those types of things. Right. But I really think you chant for Zappy because you, you don't believe Mac is the guy. And I think that's where this all comes from. Now, whether that's true or not true, I'm not necessarily um, opining right now. I have doubts about Mac just like anybody else. I do think this was a lost season. We just joked about it for him. I can't imagine. There, there are few people that are more ready to flip the calendar and just get the hell out of this year and go into a new year because he's had a miserable 2022 miserable oh been awful awful bad reputation bad looks bad stats bad gameplay in sports by the way no advance yeah i think he's been relatively healthy i think his family's you know what i mean like i'm not comparing it to anything else wheel now because calais campbell sat but even that is a sports issue oh he's gonna sprain it you know what i'm saying i'm just i'm not comparing this to real world i'm saying in terms of sports world he's had a really bad year and has seen and i keep throwing it out there he has seen the track that he was on, which at the end of that road, that yellow brick road led to a quarter of a billion dollar contract as a franchise quarterback in the NFL. He's now that just like, you know, when uh, 
Lightning McQueen redoes the road to start the original cars, and it's bumpy and terrible. It's a terrible ride because he rushes it. That's mm-hmm. what Max Road to a uh, quarter of a billion dollar contract now looks like. It's just bumpy and potholes, and it's serpentine. Serpentine looks like a freaking alligator paved the road. I am here for all of the Pixar to Patriots references and analogies that you care to make throughout this program and our entire week on the Middays. Okay, well, good, because I get plenty more up my sleeve. I have one more thing I need to bring to this, to this discussion. And I'll it's, tell you one direction the Patriots are not heading, and that's up. Uh, that is true. <laughs> the balloons all popped, and it crashed to the earth. <laughs> finding um, Nemo, more like finding touchdowns. Oh, we're Come doing on. this Where now? We we're, we're doing this now? Yeah. Yeah, right. Well. Um, but this acceptance that the Bills would tank... Like, would just not play the last game. Um, A, we learned lessons over the years from the Colts that teams that have a bye and then sit out the final game often Mm -hmm. regret it. That that basically three-week window between competitive football can hinder even the best of football teams. As much as you want to, like, rest up your guys, there also could be a little rust that develops. 617, rest versus rust. Um, (laughs) But more importantly, they don't feel like that kind of team. Remember the Giants? Mm -hmm. Like, we're going all in, and you got the Patriots, we're going all in, we're fighting to the finish. Doesn't Sean McDermott's Bills team, Josh Allen's Bills team, don't they feel like a team that would want to play it out? You know, injury fears be damned, we're blue collar, we're Buffalo, we finish. Oh, by the way, the Patriots beat us 21 straight times at one portion in time. We don't want to give them a win with a backup quarterback and backs it. Like, I just feel like there's a good chance, even if they wrap up the number one seed, the Bills will play out because that's who they are. That's who they want to be. They want to prove a point. They want to go to a certain place. Oh, they would absolutely, if, if given any occasion, forget about letting them, be, as as much as we may entertain for humor or content's sake, the idea of like losing to let the Patriots into the playoffs only to then kick the crap out of them the next week. No, they would much rather bury them when given the opportunity and play the role of spoiler. Absolutely. And then tune up for the playoffs as well. And then get themselves like, wait, so you're telling me? That we can try to beat the Patriots and continue to salt their earth and make them as miserable as they made us for two decades, knock them out of the playoffs, and then that earns us a week off? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Giddy, uh, giddy up. So so even this hope, which is a sad hope, that we can back into the playoffs because the Bills allow us to back in, even that I'm not sure is is reality. I think Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, and company might want to whoop your butt to build momentum heading into their bye week to send a message to whoever they play two weeks later in the super divisional round of the playoffs. All right, we got a north and a south on the line right now. First, let's go north. Ryan is up in Maine. Ryan, how are you? Hey, guys. Good to talk to you. I, I, I'm enjoying the show. I hope you guys stay on the radio beyond the uh, vacation weeks. Thanks. Um, so, so... I'm going to ramble or cut me off or whatever, but two words. You'll fit right in. Loser mentality. Loser mentality. In New England, we do not have that. We're not the Jets. We're not Houston. We're not Arizona. We're not Cleveland. If you can make the playoffs, make the GD playoffs. And that's how you pump the steam of the players on the on the team. And it's just this idea of, oh, let's lose and get the 10th pick. Like, there's bigger picture things that need to go on. And we're Patriots fans and we need to make the GD playoffs, and that's where I stand, and that's going to take us further than hoping the Bills win. Let's do what we need to do and and go forward. Okay, Andy, so Ryan's point, and I think it's a valid one as well. Thank you for the call, Ryan. Have a great rest of your holiday week. Ryan's point is that the experience you get, what you may potentially learn from being in the playoffs, is more valuable 
to the young players, even maybe some of the veterans, forging the team identity, building a soul than it is like, hey, guys, but don't worry about it. Uh, the linebacker we might be able to draft uh, with the 11th pick as opposed to picking 17th or 18th. That guy's going to come in and save the day. You guys, you're not good enough. It's it's that player that we're going to draft that's going to be that much more important to the franchise. Yeah, I mean, look how much they learned from last year's experience in the playoffs. It led to such a great season. They're a really good football it's team. It's not their fault. <laughs> they like, look. I like, feel like somebody needs to come in. Like we need like you know Ro- the Robin Williams's character, the therapist from Goodwill Hunting. We need the therapist from Ted Lasso. Someone needs to come in there and just be like, it's not your fault. Whose fault? It really is it? isn't. It's not your fault, Patriots. Patriots. Whose fault is it? The coaching. Okay. I believe. Don't you? Uh, yes, I do believe the coaching. Like if we have to play, and I know we, we're better at few things aside from loving ourselves and having crooked roads more in New England than blaming other people for our problems. And I got to be honest, Andy, if I had to say, is it the players on the field or the coaches who coach them to be on the field? If you had to play the blame game, it's got to be the coaches with this team. Please, come on. No, I, I, I agree. I think the decisions Bill Belichick made uh, derailed any chances you had this season, and that has played out on the football field. I just, I know in a, um idealistic way, a philosophical way, you always, hello, you play to win the game. Hello, you play to go to the playoffs. All of that yeah. is true. Thank you, Herm. You know what else is true? What you just said. Sometimes a really good player goes one pick before you, two picks before you, four picks mm-hmm. before you, and that could be... How many picks did Justin Jefferson go before the Patriots? One. Oh, and what did Bill Belichick immediately do? Trade back. So had they been, let's just use that year as an example, one pick earlier, and they take Justin Jefferson, doesn't that change your franchise for, I don't know, 10 years? Yeah, he's kind of a difference maker. Isn't that? Although I heard Kyle Brandt opining on uh, Hello, It's Football, or Wake Up in Football yesterday, saying that Kirk Cousins deserves to be in the MVP debate. No. Justin Jefferson deserves to be in the MVP Correct. debate as a as a dark horse candidate because it's Correct. a quarterback award. Um, He's that good. But so my point would be these people that want to set a culture tone with a playoff trip and it's a learning experience and that's doesn't acquiring a player like Justin Jefferson or let's just say Micah Parsons. Let's just say you get in position to He's take all right at football him. Doesn't that mm-hmm. change a culture? Doesn't that change your franchise's trajectory? moving forward like a player can do that a singular player on the field but also the confidence we've been talking about for weeks are the Patriots losing games and doing crazy things because they lack overall confidence and an ability to make plays there's a confidence in Justin Jefferson to make plays that Mm -hmm. changes the air of a team that changes the morale of a team and I think this Patriots team making the playoffs is a simple question. To what end? And I'm not even getting into the idea, the fear that some fans have that if the Patriots make the playoffs, it would somehow validate the coaching, validate the plan. And Bill Belichick can make an argument that, oh, yeah, Matt Patricia's staying. Why wouldn't he stay? He led an offense to the playoffs. He had all these issues, these injuries. We had these bad plays. But look, it, it was coming together at the end. Matt Patricia deserves another year. Doesn't that scare the bejesus out of you? Okay, I officially want the Patriots to not make the playoffs. <laughs> Back to the phones we go. One more call before we trend and catch a break. Pay bills now, like I promised. We go down south. David's in Florida. Hi, David. It is a balmy 52 degrees here in West Palm Beach, Florida today. Oh, don't show it. Listen, we didn't call for the humble brag, although I really admire it. 
unreal. Just whether you you know to echo what that guy with the caller a couple a couple of calls ago said, you know, you guys are absolutely deserving of your regular time. It's such a pleasure to hear you back on the radio again. Thanks, David. The tag you, David. team is back in effect. You guys are the heavyweight champs of the the tag team champs of the uh, of sports radio. Yeah, we kick ass on Saturdays and holidays until they tell us to stop coming in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I vote for you now. I mean, with back, I mean, this is an old argument. I mean, we've been saying it for the beginning of the year, since the beginning of this year. You just cannot evaluate him based on based on what he's accomplished or hasn't accomplished this year because the coaching, starting with Bozo face Patricia, uh, is just unqualified. It's just horrendous. So you can't. It's not fair to Mac. You just can't. That being said, you know, I, I they should just cancel the, all the postseason for the, for the NFL this year because there is no team that is worthy of winning the Super Bowl this year. It is just so down. It's just it, 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 it's just unbearable to watch. I mean, the game last night, the announcers are making fun of the game. The <laughs> announcers are, are ridiculing the quality of play. Yep. Al Michaels on Thursday night, he, he, he was ready to have a conniption. Uh, Joe Buck last night with that Christmas towel. It's just a, it's an abomination. I, I just cannot. I mean, coach. I mean, Denver. Denver. I mean, it's just it's absurd. It, it's utterly absurd this year. This is the worst year in the history of the NFL. Do, do, yeah, you, da- do you? What do you? Think? Seems you know, David, extreme, David. In a in a lot of ways, it's tough to argue with you. And uh, thank you for the call, my friend. I appreciate that. Go enjoy that 50-some-odd degree temperatures, even though that's not nearly what I know you moved down to West Palm for at the same time. I would take that every day, twice on Sunday, and maybe a day after that right about now. That said, Andy, I have been, I've been on that hill. I don't think I'm going to die alone on that hill. I've been banging that drum that this year's quality of play in the NFL has been brutal. Yeah, I think it's a little overrated, and I think there's one simple reason. All the quarterbacks. Every team has right. used a backup quarterback. Every team has played crappy quarterbacks. Now, I'm not – no one knew Russell Wilson was going to be an embarrassment in Denver. But if you look at every roster, backup quarterbacks have played for almost every single football team. So to think yeah. that you're going to have bad football is is not surprising when you have those guys on the field. Even last night, I, Troy Aikman made me laugh when he said something to the effect like, clearly Nick Foles' plan was to uh, get the ball down the field. Well – after a couple interceptions, he might want to come up with a new plan because that's not working very well right now, or something. Like he was so just bad. But he's Nick Foles. He's I, I know he beat he the Patriots. Be in there, a, he's a and bad. Matt, it's not Matt Ryan's fault that they went decided to turtle last week when they go up thirty three nothing. Although then again, he has the permanent stink of twenty eight to three all over him. I know their idea was like, hey, if we could just get someone who can throw a few less picks than Carson Wentz, and then what you do. And maybe we'll make it to the playoffs after Carson Wentz crapped the bed in January against Jacksonville. Hey, guess what? Your offensive line massively regressed. You didn't surround him with enough talent, and you're full of injuries. So they didn't do enough plan. They didn't do enough planning. Right. You can't. You can't play quarterback rotation, quarterback carousel every year like Frank Reich did. And correct me, but you know, like Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Minnesota, studs. studs. Yeah. Right. They're all. They're all pretty comfortable with the quality of play because they have franchise quarterbacks who have stayed healthy. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Right. Like even though he's out now and has missed some time, but those places. It's very, it, it is the simplest of simple, and it's why I've changed my whole tune on protecting quarterbacks. Like, I used to get annoyed. They are the business. They're the cash mm-hmm. cow. Like, when they're on the field, football fun. When they're not on the field, like, remember some of these playoff games? 
Remember the Raiders playoff game where they had to start a be- car broke his leg in like the finale and they oh, had to they start had to their start rookie Connor backup. Connor Cook, the fourth yeah. rounder out of Michigan State. No that one was wants awful. to see that. Like the opposing team's fans don't want to see that really. No. Like they'll take the win, but nobody wants to see backup quarterbacks. I well, except Patriots fans who want to see Zappy. <laughs> Sorry, bad example, but except most people, all the people don't chanting want to see Zappy in right. the stands on a frozen Christmas Eve, exactly. But it's as simple as keep your quarterbacks healthy and upright, because we know even when they're healthy and upright, there's not thirty two. That are good enough. So you're already at like, oh, are there 20 entertaining quarterbacks in the NFL? 22, 24. And then all of a sudden, wait a minute, 10 of those are hurt? 12 of those are hurt? It just, it leads to bad football. And I know you're taking a victory lap, taking credit for pointing out bad football. I'm going to give credit to somebody I rarely give credit to. Yourself? No. Thomas Edward Brady. He was the one that really said, I don't know, I see a lot of crappy football. And I think for an NFL quarterback, and you know, to say that was, was pretty enlightening early in the season. And guess what? He was right. It hasn't changed crappy football. And if he only spoke that well, everyone would actually subscribe to his podcast. But he says those things out of frustration at the podium and never on the Let's Go podcast right. with Scratchy and Larry. 617-779-7937. That's the telephone number. Four of your calls. We're going to talk about Mac Jones, some interesting audio from yesterday as well, and the state of the AFC on the whole. But first, we trend with Bridget Prue. Merloni, Fourier, and Mego. Weekdays, 2 to 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com, the NFL is reviewing a hit by Mac Jones on Eli Apple late in Saturday's game against the Bengals for being a dirty hit. Yesterday, Mac Jones explained his actions here on WEI's Patriots Monday, saying he only intended to slow down a fast player in a split-second decision. The Patriots have a 1 p.m. kickoff against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. Their quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, is back in concussion protocol. Miami coach Mike McDaniel has yet to name a starting quarterback for Sunday. Sunday's game at Gillette. Tua is considered questionable, and Dolphins backup Teddy Bridgewater will be taking first-team reps on offense while Tua is sidelined. Around the NFL, the Chargers have clinched a playoff berth after a 20-3 victory over the Colts in Monday Night Football, and the Broncos have fired their head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, after a 4-11 start to the season. The Celtics host the Rockets at 7.30 at the Garden. The Bruins play tonight at 7 in Ottawa in their first of a back-to-back on the road. They'll also play tomorrow at 7:30 against the New Jersey Devils. In your goal, if your goal is starting to lose weight now or in the new year, reserve a consultation today for any of our nine Awaken 180 locations. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. You're listening to Fitzy and Hart on Boston Sports Original WEI. Well, you know, that's not for me to say. I don't know what Mac's reputation is around the league. Um, you know, I, I, I don't really have much control over that. I'm sure there are guys that have different opinions on not just Max, but all of our players. Uh, but again, I hope that our guys play the game the right way, represent not only themselves, but this organization and the game of football in the right way. That was Patriots team captain, likely Patriots Hall of Famer, and hopefully NFL Hall of Famer one day, Matthew Slater. Oh, yeah. Yesterday appearing on the afternoon program with Christian Arcan and Mark Dondero here on WEEI. And uh, as he does appear each and every Patriots Monday, used to be on the evening slot. Now it looks like he'll be appearing on the afternoons for the time to come. Andy, I thought that was a refreshing answer. It was candid. There was candor. 
uh, it was kind of honest. And while he didn't exactly come out and say, hey, uh, that was a dirty hit. I didn't like it. And I don't think that represents the Patriot way. To me, it sort of sounds like that is something that would be addressed and taken up internally. Like, look, guy, you can do what you want in your own time. But when you're here, you wear this uniform. We play the game a certain way. We're not we're not down for that. We don't take out knees. We don't do cheap shots. I don't care what you were thinking at the time. Knock that crap off. Yeah, and I think um, Matthew Slater has taken that approach more often in general in recent years. You'll see him post-play, not in scuffles, but if he feels he was wronged covering a punt, covering a kick, like, let's take care of each other. I think he is mm-hmm. he's later in his career. I mean, this may be his last season, and he is a big believer coming from you know, growing up under Jackie, the football's yep. a brotherhood. It's a fraternity. Like we're competing, but we have to look out for each other at the same time. We're all on this in this together. And I just can't see him seeing that play as acceptable. And I think that was you alluded to it. I think that's what he said without calling out a teammate. Like he said it in in so many words there. Um and I agree with him. He's a stand up guy. He knows what's clean. He knows what's dirty and he'll probably have a quiet conversation with Mac. And the the one thing I'll say I don't think Mac like plans to do these things. No, I don't think he. I don't think he's a. You know, it's like wow, Vontez Perfect, the quarterback. Wow. Well, I'm not sure Vontez Perf- Perfect did it either. Like, I think sometimes these guys, it's a split second decision, right. and they make the wrong one. They make the dirty one. It's like people do it as drivers, right? Do I think everybody who drives like an a hole is really an a hole and goes out to drive like an a hole? But like you're going down the highway and you got to make an exit, or you you know you want to get into a certain lane and you do an a hole maneuver with no blinker, right? Like you just do it in the split second and you cut across three lanes or whatever to make your exit. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. you're the worst person on the planet. Split second, you made a pretty dumb decision that could have harmed somebody else. I think Mac does that. I think what did it, what uh, Mac and Roe Jones is that was what we're calling uh, yeah, him now? I, I forget who it was who called in yeah. earlier and said he should be Mac and Roe Jones. But I think that I don't like. I'm sure, for example, like. You know, I don't plan on, you know, yelling at someone in the car whenever someone cuts you off or like specifically makes a. I don't ever plan on dropping a colorful metaphor in front of the kids or whatever. Right. But like these things happen. So like we have Hulk moments. We have dad moments. We have human moments. It's just that he's made a few curiously in his first couple of years. I don't remember seeing any other Patriots, at least Patriots quarterbacks making as well. And well, Brady did it. Brady's been a high kicker. On slides before. Well, don't, no one cared don't forget he got his just he got his comeuppance in that AFC championship where he did that to Ed Reed. And in the second half, the Pats didn't score and the Ravens kicked the crap out of him. Right. Brady's done this for years. Um, so you're saying we draft cheap shot quarterbacks? No, I think sometimes the, the biggest competitors can be the biggest a-holes. And I mm-hmm. think you, you take the good, you take the bad, right? Like that they you are take both. And there you have the facts of life. Indeed. Or the facts of football, too. <laughs> That's just the reality. The guy, he's going like. I'm not sure Matt Ryan has this in him. I'm actually I'm kind of sure Matt Ryan doesn't have it in him. And guess what Matt Ryan is? Uh someone who has lost a lot of big games and not a Super Bowl champion. He's not a closer. He's a career kind of underachiever mm-hmm. in the even to, at, at some point starting at BC people think he didn't necessarily really have ice in his veins. I don't think Matt Ryan has the killer instinct. I don't. So I don't think you'll see him diving at a knee or kicking somebody in the cookies. And when you get the good and the bad of that. The real nice man, nice man, and you know mm-hmm. what he is? Not a winner. Yeah, I, I, I get it. What did we, what did we say this weekend when we said, you know, he's not a killer, he's not a closer? What is it? The, you know, we borrowed ABC always be closing from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. What's the, the new ABC for the Patriots? Always be choking. Yep. And and I was thinking about that. 
Don't you think the the kills me that kills me that that's the reality we are currently existing in and or trafficking in? But don't you think the appropriate end to this season would be just missing the playoffs? Just like they've just missed the ability to win games. Like they've teased you in Vegas. They tease you against the Bengals, but they come up just short. They could have won, but they didn't. And I feel like could have made the playoffs. You shoot yourself in the foot week one in Miami with yeah, like one or two mistakes when you actually don't play a game. That's that bad defensively, save, of yep. course, for that unbelievable play at the end of the first half on the slant to Waddle. Um, Andy, I am going to just go outside and look like I'm in a Rocky Balboa movie, like a Creed movie training montage. I'm going to want to punch the sun so many times. If the Patriots just barely miss the playoffs and it comes down to any of the five or six losses, let's say they finish with eight or nine losses, whatever it may be, and four or five of them easily were within arm's reach and like, oops, you just came up short like, that's who you guys are, mm. a mediocre team who shot themselves in the foot and found a way, who snatched mediocrity from the jaws of competitive decency. Like that, so, oh, like the fan rage in me would be unheard of. We, we've talked over the last couple of days about do you want the Patriots to make the playoffs, and it's become this moral conundrum and how you treat the team and what it means for the future, blah, blah, blah. Do they deserve to make the playoffs? Well, if they have the best record, I mean, as they said in Unforgiven, deserves got nothing to do with it. Okay, that's probably the answer. Now, I don't think they deserve to make the playoffs. There are teams that make the playoffs, and there are playoff teams. They are not a playoff team. They're a team that would be making the playoffs. I always say that about a lot of things. There's, there's, there's starting quarterbacks, and there's quarterbacks that start. Those are not the same thing. It happens every week in the NFL. And I would say the same thing about the playoffs. There are playoff teams and teams that make the playoffs. Last year, they made the playoffs. They weren't a playoff team. This year, they might make the playoffs. They're still not a playoff team. It's a far more philosophical show than I think I was prepared to participate it's what I do. in this morning. It's what I do. It's, it's I try to raise the bar. Sean McDonough tried it like three decades ago. It didn't work for him. I'm raising the bar one show at a time here at WEI. And I would like to raise the bar stool and then have a seat at it right now myself. <laughs> Back to the phones we go. Ian is in Connecticut. What up, Ian? Morning, fellas. How you doing? Happy holidays. And Same to you. you as well, sir. Hey, uh, so I listen uh, to this radio station every day, and I've listened to it for years. I've also been a Pats fan since the 70s, and uh, I've seen my share of bad years, and this is certainly a bad year. So my theory, I know a couple things about Bill over the years. One, he is loyal to a fault, to people he trusts. And two, he always plays a long game. Um he, if you listen to him after a game, even if it was a bad game, there were good things and bad things that happen in every game, and he looks at it from that standpoint. So I have a theory. My theory is Bill's going to retire, and uh, he probably announced that to Kraft at the end of last year that he was going to retire at the end of this year. Skarnecki left. Uh, McDaniels left. Kraft probably told him to bring in somebody he could trust. He watched Patricia, who he likes, uh, flounder in Detroit on the offensive side of the ball, and he wanted to give him a year to get better at that position. So that's my theory. My theory is Patricia is going to be a head coach next year. No! Um, I actually probably need to get in touch with uh, several municipalities uh, and their uh, safety boards, the police officers, because there's probably a lot of car accidents that just happened because, because you said that. Ian. If, well, that w- if that's the reality, and I, listen, we're here. This is the right kind of week to go down those wormholes and expand upon any and all conspiracy theories. But to think that ownership 
and management was sold on the idea that Patricia should be the successor to Belichick and that they brought him in to talk, teach him a little bit more of the offensive side of the ball. And now Patricia has shown an inability to master or grasp the offensive side of the ball and that he would be the successor. I mean, could you not see, as Patriots fan, Ian, before we even dissect and analyze this further, could you, as Patriots fan, not see just an absolute riot outside the stadium if that were the case? Well, you know, to be honest with you, it is a... Uh... There's a lot more to being a head coach than the offensive side of the ball. He obviously trusts him on the defensive side of the ball. Um, if he, at the end of this year, they were to bring in an O'Brien and Patricia was a head coach, I think it would be all right. Um, that's just my theory. I, I don't believe that Bill is stupid enough to look at these two ex-head coaches that he brought in at the beginning of this year and realize even before the season started that he had issues on the offensive side of the ball. He had a sophomore quarterback uh, and, you know, a weak offensive line. Um, Maybe this is just a build year, building coaches and building players. Well, it's an interesting theory to say the least. Ian, thanks very much for weighing in and uh, chumming the waters for us. I'm sure there's a couple of meaty bites on that that bone for the listenership and the hosts alike. All right, Andy, just go ahead. Let's bat that one around for a second. Okay, so he called it a build year for the B-I-L-L apostrophe D, build, okay. Uh, no, I think he meant B-U-I-L-D, uh, build yep. no, year. I was just being I silly. Know, I know, um, <laughs> So it failed with the coaches, and he said players as well, a build year with the players. Did you build anything with Mac Jones except frustration? Because that's all you built for Mac Jones, a regression. Uh, they're building a fancy club in the end zone. That is true. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there'll be anybody left to fill it <laughs> the way the season's going. <laughs> I, I, trending. I, by the way, we, I, we made very little of this on the Six Rings postgame show Sunday uh, and or on the first you know several hours that we've been middaying this week, if you will. The stadium was two-thirds full on Christmas Eve. Well, it was Christmas Eve. So was Pittsburgh. So, like, I think there's a little something there. Yeah, but neither of them are necessarily going to the playoffs, and I think that's more like you're telling me that if Tom Brady was there and it's like 2015 – and the Patriots are streaming towards the playoffs, even if it's negative five degrees outside, and I did watch beers freeze from concession up the ramp to the 300s. You're telling me that that stadium wouldn't have been packed and it wouldn't have just been ho-ho, hopeful as can be? No. I'm telling you people would come to see Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, and the stars that were successful and good and historic and good. Correct. Yes. So, yeah, the the quality of play definitely plays into the idea that I don't want to go. I told you, I had a buddy that turned down uh, lower level, like, row five seats Patriot bench because he's like, no, why would I want to go see that? It's cold. It's Christmas Eve. They're not that good. And even though the game ended competitive, I think people that didn't want to go to the game, the first half validated their opinion. Why do I want to go watch Joe Burrow kick our butt? Why do I want to go watch an offense that just punts, that doesn't do anything? I mean, it got even worse. We had a punter dropping the ball, literally, not figuratively, literally dropping the ball. Um, so that that validated, I think, the fans' view of this isn't worth my time and energy and money on Christmas Eve. So, yes, that is a problem. And just to get back to the caller's point, like Matt Patricia was a debacle of a coach in Detroit, and it had not, nothing to do or very little to do with offense. He was able to, to take offense. a team that had gone 9-7 and seven several years in a row and turn them into 3-13. Yeah. and 13. And he alienated players. He alienated re- reporters. He alienated fans. He alienated everybody. Has he cleaned that up? Are you willing to say that? Forget the offense. Like, he brings in Bill O'Brien and just steps up a notch and becomes the head coach. Are you comfortable saying that Matt Patricia is a good head coach? Because I'm not. Yeah, I don't think... I. 
I think it's too soon for him to have learned from his mistakes and figured things out. Like it took McDaniels. I know someone else offered him a job sooner than a decade away, but it took McDaniels over a decade to get back into it. Uh, and this just in still hasn't really figured everything out. Right. We we talked to somebody from the Raiders podcast when we did our pregame for the Raiders game. Now, you you want to fill that name in here? Or do you not recall either? But uh, I want to say it was uh, Steve Gulbrunson. Okay. Steve Gulbrunson was talking about Josh's uh, missteps. Silver and black today, I yeah. believe. Josh's missteps of arrogance, right? And smartest mm-hmm. man in the room. And some of the problems that were an issue in Denver sound like they might still be part of the problem in Las Vegas. So, yes, a much longer period of more experiences. Josh couldn't fix it. I'm supposed to believe that Matt's ready to take over this team. Also would throw the idea that maybe that was the plan before the season, but sometimes you have to change plans. And I would argue that this season would be a reason to change plans if that indeed was the plan heading into the season because this has not been a good season for Matt Patricia and this Patriots team. And we have been arguing for and opining to the idea of changing things midstream or in-season. As we mentioned earlier in the show, you have seen places like Carolina where they kick Matt Rule out the door, David Tepper with his billions. Fine, I'll gladly pay the money. Just get someone else in here who can run a tight ship. And look at the way the players have responded. We don't know, Andy. We don't know if they just say, like, all right, Patricia, just live upstairs. Go to Ernie Adams' former office. We have a, There's good Wi-Fi up there. Got a mini fridge. We uh, there's binoculars, Ernie's uh, telescope, all that stuff, f- fancy blinders, everything. Go do Ernie Adams things, sign some checks, do some scouting. We're going to have someone else call the plays. Your guy, you get your wish. And this is a little bit that we're going to do uh, throughout the holiday week here on Fitzy and Hart of the Midday Programs. We're going to do a little uh, Boston sports wish list for 2023. Call it New Year's resolutions, wishes, whatever. You get your wish. Kaylee calls the plays the last couple weeks. They open it up. All of a sudden, they're slinging. Mac looks like last year. All these things happen. What's wrong with that? What 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 embarrassment? I know there's that weird deal like we can't take Bill O'Brien from Alabama because we have a handshake agreement and we're men of honor. Sure, because that's what professional sports in America are, are all based around these days is contracts, dollars, and handshakes. Please. Real men of honor. <laughs> Real men of genius. Yeah, that would be a terrible Mr. Plan. Screen calling offensive coordinator who never should have done it guy. Yeah, no. yeah that's where we are. It's a silly, sad place to be. Uh, I got a, I got full phones of people that want to continue to discuss Mac Jones, the Patriots' progress, coordinators, and more. We'll get to all you guys in just a couple minutes here. We'll pay some bills. Come on back at noontime. High noon. Tom E. Curran from NBC Sports Boston joins us here on the Midday Show. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. Hop on in. We'd love to have you here on Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. WEEI. We're right back to Fitzy and Hart. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Ooh, I have a feeling Andy Hart likes this song. I actually see him, like, clapping along in studio there. This is what I'm talking about. I don't even know what it is, but I kind of like it. feels upbeat. feels fun. What do you mean you don't know? I Damn it, there I was cutting you some rope and slack, figuring that you knew who this is. This is Elton John. I'm still standing. Get it? I'm sitting, but yeah, sure. Oh, it's all upbeat. Us. Elton John's upbeat. Robert Kraft's guy. Oh, no, it's like the karaoke version. <laughs> I was actually going to guess Pat Benatar, but... All right, you can take a lap. That's one lap for each of us now. Hi. Back to the phones we go, Andy. Mark is in Brookline. He actually would like to disagree with you on your take on Mac Jones and his style of play. Hello, Mac. Fitzy, how you doing? 
How are you, brother? I'm doing good, man. Merry Christmas and all that to you and, and you too, Andy. Love love you two guys together and actually separate. Pretty decent, too. Um, yeah. So, Max, let me talk about Max Jones, but I have – let me just make a quick note about Patricia since it was current in your last conversation to add mm-hmm. on to that. I mean, I see a problem in the following way. Um, and it's to pick up on Andy's point, which I agree with, many of which I often do, which is that um, he hasn't earned anything, really. Um, he was a good, he was probably a very good defensive coordinator here, I guess, but he was terrible in Detroit. That's a leadership position. He comes in here. Bill kind of uh, fumbles that one, I think, by not giving him an actual title. I don't care about the economics of that, but, um, you know, he has not done a very good job. You have to earn these things. I mean, I would say that's kind of a Patriots problem that we have now in general is that Bill in the early dynasties was actually earning his reputation with the team. There was an enormous amount of respect built collectively by the team and the coaching. And now you have a highly accomplished coach uh, bringing in a kind of a failed, you know, head coach. And there's, and he's expecting the players to now earn uh, respect for a failed coach, but the respect for the head coach is already there cemented in place. So it is a difficult situation, but I do. So I, I think Patricia hasn't earned anything basically is my point on that. And I, yeah, I mean, I, you need respect. You have to earn that as a leader. And I don't think, I don't think Patricia is there yet. Maybe he'll be there in three years, but he's certainly not there yet. Right. So that's my point. Would you agree with some of that? Yeah, I would. I mean, I think he earned some respect with some players the first time through, but you're right. Yeah. I, I think there is some earning of reputations, and then there's some riding of reputations going mm. on that you're living exactly. off past well reputations. Okay, what do you got yeah. on uh, Mac, that on dirty Mac Jones, SOB? Uh, the dirty SOB, I mean, I mean, what, my fundamental question on Mac Jones is, is what is there to like? He's got some promise, right? But what, is he actually, what has he actually done? Not for us lately, but he, he's not really looking that great. And my main objection was the uh, the high bar setting that you do, uh, um, you know, show by show there, Andy. Um, on on this point, I would say that let's raise the bar a little more, which is my problem with Mac Jones is not that he, he lost uh, in the moment, either the moment or something, competitive drive, McEnroe out or whatever, um, you know, kneeled down maybe to, to block a probably a semi-meaningless block um, and in very poor taste as Slater made very clear, my problem is 48 hours later, he's still, he's not able to say, you know, that that could have been a debatable play or maybe not the best judgment or safety is, you know, number one, that kind of thing. He doesn't have the ability yet. He's a young kid, but he doesn't have the ability yet to say, to kind of step into it and take some accountability. He's been talking about accountability for like five weeks. And, um, you know, here's an opportunity for him to say, you know, that might, that might've been a debatable uh, judgment on my part. End of story. But he's not able to do that, and he hasn't done it yet. What do you think about that? Even worse. Well, first of all, thanks for the call, Mark. Second of all, sounds like we agree a lot on Mac Jones. I think yeah, I way more misled. than I think I anticipated before <laughs> yes. the call came in. Yeah. Uh, and more importantly, I did not like, and we could probably play the answer from yesterday, but he brought up how much he gets hit. This isn't about you getting hit. Like, two wrongs don't make a right because you get hit sometimes, and maybe you get hit questionably, low or late or whatever it may be. That doesn't give you reason or rationalization for what you did to Eli Apple in the heat of the moment. And I'm with Mark. Just be a stand-up guy and say, you know what? I watched the video. That's a bad look for me. I really, next time, need to learn from that moment in time and, and be better. Be better. He loves to say be better. Guess what, Mac? Be better. Phil is in Providence. He would actually like to weigh in on the other side of the football, if he may. Andy, hi, Phil. How are you? 
Hi, guys. Yeah, happy New Year. How's everybody? Great, uh, Phil. We're hanging in Great there, my guy. You, uh, calls like yours make it all the better. Yeah, absolutely. So, you got the defense has played awesome. I mean, they held the Bengals all like the first half they scored, the second half they shut them down again. And uh, you got to give credit to the defense this year; they really have played well. And all also like the three plays, the, like the, the, the fumble, the, 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 the butt fumble I call it the Patriots this year. That stupid play they made that was horrible. I don't understand. Just go down, and then and then the fumble. I mean, a couple plays are blamed on the offense. Listen. The players made the plays. They fumbled. They made the stupid plays on the field. You can't blame the coaches. I understand that you, the plays have been calling that, but you can't blame the coaches. You can't blame Belichick all the way through. You have to blame the players. Someone. So, I want to take on that. And so, you guys have a happy day. You too. Thanks for the Thank call, you, Phil. Phil. Uh, I absolutely can blame the coaches for Las Vegas. I don't believe you can blame the coaches for the fumble Ramondre had against the Bengals. That's just a physical play. Um, I don't think he tried to do too much because what you know what I love about Ramondre Stevenson? He makes plays. He breaks tackles. Mm-hmm. He pops out of piles. Like, those types of things, I'm fine with it. And I think in the... That's t- part of the game, yes. His it's game a, especially. The yeah. totality of the season, you've benefited more from that than you've lost from that. Like, he's given you a lot of plays, and that's I want him to continue to do that over the course of his career. Just hold on to the damn ball. Like, it happens. Everybody fumbles. Everybody goes... Ezekiel Elliott, remember that stretch, what, two or three years ago? He fumbled, like, every week. Like, guys go through fumbling stretches at times in their career. How many, how many playoff games did the Cowboys win that season where he fumbled every other year? I don't think any. Yeah. yeah. And look, listen, I uh, I, I thought Wait, you were also going to those dis- two things together? Uh, yeah, there's a slight correlation between uh, turnover differential, playoff success, postseason appearances, just a little bit. Well, the I mean, turnover differential or, or so in part is, you know, A, they're good at it. They're, like, top six now. And B... Um, the interceptions certainly hindered that early in the season when Mac was throwing the ball away to the other team. That's we've heard we've heard time and again. Yes, I understand how valuable he is. Yes, I understand Ramondre is the a part of the offensive future. We have begged for them to run the offense through him this season because he's been the most consistent playmaker or the most dynamic element. Yeah, it would have helped if he had two hands on the ball once he got into the scrum and was in the pile. We know the other guys, they play for the name on their back. They play for, they have, they got to get paychecks too. So yeah, someone came in at a pivotal moment and made a play when Ramondre had a momentary lapse or weakness or this guy just, you know, out hustled him or out stronged him and made a play in the pile. But that's just two weeks in a row where the, what has happened thanks to the bad game planning, the bad coaching, everything has led to guys like Ramondre who, who are the tent poles of the offense in the future trying to do too much, Andy. And then when they try to do a little too much, they go out of line, they go off script, they improvise, and more often than not, something bad is going to happen. So do I blame him directly? A little bit. Do I do I just sort of blame the whole organizational operation more so? Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we're just going to start blaming people or, you know, I use my simple criteria, the one I use when I rank the roster. Let's use it now. Who's better at his job right now, Ramondre Stevenson or Matt Patricia? 61777. Right? No, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Okay, who's better at his job, Jacoby Myers or Matt Patricia? Okay. Who's better at his job, Ramondre Stevenson or Bill Belichick? Ooh. Right now. Not, you know, 2007. Which job? Because Bill Belichick said he, uh, you know, do your job, but he has nine. All of it. All of it. Because Ramondre catches the ball. Yeah. His operation, the totality of his operational responsibilities? Yeah. Mm, Draw. 
I'd take Ramondre. I think he's done more for me lately than Bill has. Bill made the one singular decision that undermined this entire season when he made Matt Patricia the offensive play caller and when he put Joe Judge as the quarterback's coach. So that's the biggest fumble you can have. That's way bigger than the Las Vegas lateral or whatever the hell happened last week. He fumbled the season away with his decision in the offseason. So get off Ramondre. Get off Jacoby. Okay, you know who I would love to put these questions and these points to? Tommy Curran. That's right. Our pal Tommy Curran from NBC Sports Boston, who joins the Midday Show each and every Tuesday at high noon. We'll have him on in just a couple minutes. Don't go anywhere. It's Fitzy and Hart. Middays, W-E-E-I.